Want to teach your kids financial literacy, but not sure where to start? Greenlight can help. With Greenlight, parents can keep an eye on kids' spending and saving, while kids and teens use a card of their own to build money confidence. As a parent, you can send instant money transfers, set up chores, automate allowance, and more. It's a convenient way to run your household, customized to your family's needs, and the easy way to raise financially smart kids. Get started with Greenlight today and get your first month free at greenlight.com slash ACAST. Ready to pop the question and take advantage of 30% off? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com to get 30% off. Select lab-grown diamonds. That's BlueNile.com for 30% off lab-grown diamonds. BlueNile.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. We have over 100,000 children which we've never had before in, in serious condition and uh, many on ventilators. The we number's not 100,000, it's roughly 3,500 in hospitals now. It, yes, um, our vaccines are working exceptionally well. They continue to work well for Delta with regard to severe illness and death, they prevent it. But what they can't do anymore is prevent transmission. A lot of the media does seem, when I look at it and, and then travel the country, to be very out of touch with people. I think we have to treat a crisis like a crisis, right? It's very clear that hospitals and healthcare is understaffed right now. You have trained professionals who know how, who could be reintegrated into the workforce. I would get them back to work. 300 million tests are done in this country every month. So there's enormous progress being made. Right. I think that the, I think the message we got from the last 24 hours is to scuttle the current mission and move in the exact opposite direction, is it not? Get those healthcare people right back in. Forget the stupid mandate. Why are we even? Why is this thing even being talked about in the Supreme Court? Still, doesn't it, that's over? It doesn't. Well, matter. right, because the not stopping transmission is the issue, right? Right. Like, that's why you tell people to get a vaccine is to stop transmission right. and of you the get thing. to then get vaccinated and then you get to yell at people because you get to show what a good person you are like me but now it doesn't matter because the vaccinated people are no better than the unvaccinated people so why would a progressive want to play that game anymore they can't be better than anybody right now speaking of which it because everything's perfect timing obviously uh massachusetts made available today the uh digital covid passes to I show that, that you're vaccinated <laughs> oh good so you can oh, uh, flash your QR code when you're going places. Oh, okay, so I can show people how good I've been. Yeah, oh, exactly. Good. Well, I have three. You have two. Right? I only have two, so That's, I'm unvaccinated You're not now. as good. <laughs> well, and did you see Pfizer's you development? You know what I want to do? Alice, I'm just going to mm-hmm. go to the places where I think are the most progressive businesses and flash my QR code so they can, like, and I just kind of wait there. So, yeah, you probably noticed just to... I'm just waiting for whoever is somebody should be back in a second to check the QR codes at the door. Yeah, I just right? want to make sure that you I'm... see. I want to make. I want everybody to feel safe, so you can see. I have see. Ding ding. There's three. So just, just so you were wondering. Yeah, I did it for you. Got to <laughs> go across the state. Well, and now not only. I mean, Israel was talking about doing the fourth booster, but that's been or the fourth shot, the second booster. But there, there's been like some back and forth on how useful that is. Meanwhile, Pfizer's now developing a specialized Omicron shot, mm-hmm. as if everybody on planet Earth will not have had Omicron by the time that shot comes out in, like, March or whenever they're planning to have it God. by. Like, how, with for what reason would we possibly have a special Omicron shot in March? 
everybody on the planet will have had Omicron by then. We'll be done. Omicron right. Well, will you be know over. what? And we're also, by March now, we're also going to be flush with home <laughs> tests. There you okay, go. Exactly. As soon as we don't need them anymore, you're gonna they're gonna have them right there for you. That is so perfectly the it's handling. Exactly of the government how they do it, stuff. It, and it's still funny because the Biden people, of course, looked at this. They're so just cynically political. They looked at, when they took over last year. They said, "Okay, here we go. We're gonna make the Fourth of July the day that we can all celebrate." So let's see, get past this thing. We've got the vaccines coming in. We're going to steal it and say we did the vaccines. Trump lost, lost, left us with nothing. We're starting at zero. And we're going to have everything just be absolutely perfect. Uh, we're going to open. The 4th of July is back on. So you, there you go. There you go. You see, we told you we did it. We told you we build back better. 4th of July is back on. And, um, and even though they had gone after Trump about testing, they didn't ramp up testing. It matter, and their vaccine distribution was not great. And then they went back in their war word, and because they wanted to have this victory, so they said, "Oh yeah, well guess what? You're a killer if you're not getting the vaccine." And you're not. And, and, and Biden was happy to say that. It gives me no pleasure to tell you that we half of us have waited. We've been patient enough with you, he said. You know, using because they couldn't... Our patience is wearing thin. Because there was another spike, exactly. And then doing everything that they could. No more charming, uh, you know, being nice to half of the country. Right. Yelling at half of the country. Calling them Neanderthals. And going after DeSantis and doing whatever they could. Politically craven, whatever. It, making fun of everything he did with monoclonal antibodies and anything else. And so, since they're idiots, and this whole thing just blew up in their face, and they couldn't get a handle on it, and the new variant came, Delta came, and whacked them out, and then a new variant came. They don't know what to do with this. They've now tried everything, and everything they've tried has thoroughly not worked. And now they've got the vaccine mandates, patting themselves in the back, saying, yeah, we need to do more mandates. These are excellent. See, they're working. Yeah, you've scared everybody out of the field of health care. With your right. And I just saw today actually a list, like a state by state list of how many staffed hospital beds there are in the country, you know, year over year since before the pandemic. And, you know, the, overall, the country is down like 4% in staffed hospital beds, which doesn't sound like a lot, but hospitals run near capacity anyway. Right. So if you go down 4% in the number of hospital beds that you have, and again, we're not talking literal beds, we're talking about staffed hospital beds. So that's a function of how many staff you have in the hospital to, you know, do stuff near the beds, not like literally the beds. Because we talk about like, oh, we don't have any ICU beds. It's not like a special bed. It means that you have staff to work in the ICU. And in the country, we're down 4% in ICU beds. A lot of liberal states are down more. Massachusetts is down 7% in staffed hospital beds right now. It's not a good situation. And the idea that these hospitals are firing anybody when the vaccine doesn't prevent transmission is just absurd. Like, why would we be firing anybody from the field of healthcare when we can't staff anything right now? You know? But, it, but it's so interesting because they really want to. Yeah. They want to. But, like, they shouldn't really want to because the the whole construction of the argument no longer makes any sense. But the, you know why they want to is that they want to clearly have a demarcation line between those who are good and compliant, mm -hmm. good and compliant, the Starbucks people from the Dunkin' Donuts people. They don't want to be part of the bad people, the crappy people who, you know, who were the Trump people, among other things. And mm -hmm. so they wanted, no, make them do it still. So still be punitive with them. Show them. Well, right. And they've made an entire portion of the country lose their minds. I know we're not supposed to say mass psychosis anymore because that word got banned because somebody dared to use it about people who are into COVID. But there are a whole bunch of people now in the country who cannot readjust their framework from a pandemic disease to an endemic disease. They cannot mm -hmm. readjust to the idea that now we're going to treat this like we treat the seasonal flu, where people can go get flu shots if they want, but we don't close schools over it. We don't close jobs down over it. We don't lock people in their houses over it. We don't fire people over it. Like, the, a lot of people now can't make that adjustment, right? Right. <clears throat> and I played audio today. Uh, 
And, and I'm going to see if I can find it, actually. It was on Fox 61. Uh, and it was a woman. There's a family group who wants to remote learning. They want that back in Connecticut because there's a mother, and this may be, she, hopefully she, uh, this, she'll be in this this audio here. I'm just I'm doing this on the fly, but I, it was kind of good. There's just a couple of quotes from her. Mm-hmm. But this group wants to do at-home learning because they're seeing these cases through the roof and you know that once again it's not doesn't cor- correlate real well with um with the with the deaths anymore at all but it doesn't really matter they're seeing cases and people now we've trained people to see the to go to covid.ct or covid.mass and whatever mm-hmm. and see cases and say no that's bad that's that's the dangerous thing the danger is mm-hmm. here again so um let me just grab this well yeah and they have all sorts of talking points you know like we talked about yesterday, the junk science from the <clears> CDC <throat> about how COVID causes diabetes in kids, which it does not. <clears throat> the study is trash and they should just chuck it right in the garbage can where it belongs and they shouldn't be citing that. I mean, totally mainstream doctors are saying this about that diabetes children COVID study. It's ridiculous. So let me have you listen to this. Mm-hmm. You're going to hear the mom in a second. With, say with COVID case numbers so high right now, they don't feel comfortable or safe having their kids in the classroom. So they're asking for the estate to allow for remote learning as an option. I should not have to risk my child's education because I don't feel it's safe for them to be in school. Calls from parents to allow kids to move to remote learning are growing louder. Mother of two Middletown public school students, Heather Duguay, created the Facebook group Rally for Virtual Learning in CT after hearing Governor Lamont's push to keep kids in the classroom at a news conference Tuesday. I think there's nothing more important for our state uh, and for our kids they're doing everything we can to keep them in the classroom safely. Learning via Zoom is not nearly what it should be when it comes to keeping your kids in the classroom with their peers, with their friends, with a teacher that loves them. I just don't think it's fair for him to tell us what's right or wrong for our children. We, we as parents should be, have the choice of having our kids at home if that's what we feel is safe for them. The latest data from so- the... You saw her say that twice. Mm-hmm. She said, we don't feel it safe. We don't feel it safe. What the freak has she and all of her other people, her friends, the signatories, what have they been looking at? The information is right there. It's well, absolutely show, safe. I'm open to the idea that people should have choice in how they educate their kids. And sure, there are I, online I learning schools. And if we had school choice where these parents could take their education dollars and do what they wanted, they would be able to do that because there are people that have legitimate concerns. There are kids okay, with serious health issues that are at risk. And there are some of those, right, and they shouldn't fall between cracks. But this woman, I think we would have heard that if that mm-hmm. was the case. She yeah. doesn't feel safe. She's one of those people who's got the psychosis, who can't get it. It's still not safe enough. No, it's still not safe enough. It's mm-hmm. not, I can't. I can't. It's not safe enough. I mean, this woman needs to break out of it. Somebody needs to break the fever, her fever. Right, yeah. And I think that this is the problem, is that, you know, that there are some people who are still at risk, obviously, even though Omicron is mild, even though vaccines are available, all that stuff. There are some people who still have dangers, right? But we need to focus on on communicating to people how rare that is that there are people that are that much at risk because the vast 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 majority of people are not at serious risk from this at this point Mm -hmm. and we have had people uh, those same people who are at serious risk from covid we're at serious risk from flu we're at serious risk from rsv we're at serious risk for every other respiratory virus that's out there and and we did not treat them this way. We did not shut schools down. We did not act like this. But I do think that, you know, that this whole school thing, that there are a whole bunch of people that just cannot see eye to eye on this. And I've never seen a better case for school choice because there are parents like us that I'm not going to send my kids back to the public school until it's normal. I'm just not. Right. I'm not going to send my kid to wear a mask 40 hours a week. I think it's absurd and ridiculous, and I'm absolutely not doing it. And then there are parents that think it's totally unsafe and want their kids to be able to learn remotely. Like, that's an irreconcilable problem. You know, we live in the same town with people that will not send their kids to school if masks come off, and we won't send our kids to school while the masks are on. Like, and 
you know, we have, we either need to like live in separate countries or we need to have more school choice and more options and the ability to take education dollars other places because, you know, the, the, there are people that have just lost their minds here. But I, I don't know like how you now convince people that it's okay to come out. I mean, like Omicron would be a perfect opportunity to do this to like off ramp some of this stuff if people on the left felt like doing it. And you've seen it in the media. Some of the people in the media even have started to say like, it's time to start losing these restrictions. Right. And also just rethink how we're thinking. Some of these people who, though we've been saying it, other, there have been people saying, they act as if it's their idea. Yeah. They just came up with it just now. As if these voices haven't been out there. They've just been calling these people white supremacists (laughs) for a year and a half rather than listen to them. But now like, I'm willing to welcome those people into the fold. Like, if Omicron is what makes them see that it's okay now, like, that's fine. I'm willing to join right. forces Here's with Brian them and get rid Stelter of with Oliver Darcy, who works for CNN as well, talking about this. Is the media at this point out of touch with the public about COVID? I, I think it's hard to argue that, uh, you know, the media is a, a large uh, group of people, but a lot of the media does seem, when I look at it and, and then travel the country, to be very out of touch with people. I mean, if you travel the country, people are not really living in the same uh, bubble that it seems that uh, most of the media is messaging toward. And, right. and so, yeah, and, and so I, I, I think this is an issue because if people are tuning out uh, what's going on in cable news, if we're not messaging toward uh, the general population, um, you know, they're, they're just, you know, ignoring everything and, and living their lives. Uh, <laughs> and, and we're not really getting the information that they need to them. Here's a great example, I think, of of how to cover this moment in time. Here's the Today Show. Here's Savannah Guthrie interviewing the CDC director, being very much in touch with the public, recognizing the CDC has turned into a punchline. It is so sad, but it's true. The CDC has turned into a... Turned into a punchline, says Stelter, who was absolutely uh, on the advanced guard protecting the CDC (laughs) and their messaging. All of these people, CDC has turned into a punchline. None of these people ever, when Fauci was on with Jake or when he would go on with Anderson or when he would go on with Don, none of these people would cross-examine Fauci at all or Walensky, any of the the health health people at all. Just you tell me all the information you want me to absorb it. I will absorb it and then I will go around and yell at Tucker Carlson for not for doubting you. They've spent they've spent this entire thing doing this. Mm -hmm. The, The CNN is the problem. Punchline. Watch. All of this mixed messages or new messages has led to a meme on social media poking fun at the CDC's advice. Tweets like CDC now recommends eating straight off the floor at Waffle House. The CDC now says it's in fact okay to eat Tide Pods. The CDC says go ahead and get bangs. You know, it's amusing people letting off. It's funny because like those were actually fairly funny, but they still can't. Savannah Guthrie can't manage to laugh at it. Mm-mm. And that's no, not, you know, it's not amusing to Steam, no. of course, but is there a larger credibility problem with your agency right now? And the answer is yes. There's a huge credibility crisis for the CDC. And Oliver, to your point, it just causes people, if they, if they hear all these mixed messages and all this confusion and it's all too complicated, they just move on and ignore it. That's exactly right. And we are supposed to be getting information, I think, to these people. And so when we are messaging toward a very small group of people, maybe who are... are I think Oliver kind of lost the what he... The thread, meant, yeah. yeah. lost the thread. But, and that's exactly what we're seeing here. So when you've got uh, Walensky now saying things like this. The overwhelming number of deaths, over 75%, occurred in people who had at least four comorbidities. So really, these are people who were unwell to begin with. They've now unboxed the other half of the data for us. Mm -hmm. Something we all knew the whole time, but they never wanted that to be the messaging. They never wanted this to be the messaging. They wanted everybody. The whole idea is we need to make sure, we need to manipulate everybody to go and get the vaccine, including the people who already got COVID, everybody, and leave out, make it seem like it's scary, and they should, because we do know that some ki- kids will, can still get seriously ill and die, which they were happy to tell us, mm-hmm. as if it was just as regular as adults. You oh. booked a sunny <laughs> Verboski chalet with endless views of <laughs> snow cover. Thank you. Um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, so so they just simply it was these were lies of omission. It's dastardly what what she was doing, 
And now look, this whole thing. Um, our vaccines are working exceptionally well. They continue to work well for Delta with regard to severe illness and death. They prevent it. But what they can't do anymore is prevent transmission. So if you're going home to somebody who has not been vaccinated, to somebody who can't get vaccinated, somebody who might be immunosuppressed or a little bit fail, uh, frail, somebody who has um, uh, comorbidities that put them at high risk, I would suggest you wear a mask in public indoor settings. And even when... Brett Baer asked her about Sotomayor's idiotic statement that 100,000... We have over 100,000 children, which we've never had before, in in serious condition, and uh, many on ventilators. They love... You know, the CDC loves the fact that that was said, obviously, to scare people. Mm -hmm. And that's why when Brett Baer put it to Walensky, saying it's not 100,000, right? It's, you know, it's like 3,000 or whatever it is. She went along... You know, uh, reluctantly, but tried to skip right off to another point immediately. She didn't want to really let that point sink in. There are fewer than 3,500 current pediatric hospitalizations from COVID-19. Is that true? Yeah, but, you know, here's what I can tell you about our pediatric hospitalizations now. First of all, the vast majority of children who are in the hospital are unvaccinated. And for those... But no, vaccinations, vaccinations, it's it's still trying to play the BS game, the shell Mm -hmm. game. Children who are not eligible for vaccination, we do know that they are most likely to get sick with COVID if their family members aren't vaccinated. So the most important thing we can do for those children to keep them out of the hospital is to vaccinate them and to vaccinate their family members around them. Understood. But the number is not 100,000. It's roughly 3,500 in hospitals now. Yes, there are. There are, and in fact, what I will say is, didn't while say pediatric that. hospitalizations yep. are rising, they are still about fifteen-fold less than hospitalizations of our this older age, age demographic. This is the problem that she's still there. She's still being a weasel, and we can all hear it. And Fauci's still—he's trying to be a weasel. He, he only wants to get the messaging point about his messaging. Yeah. And it's so, it, it totally, just totally degrades credibility. People are not stupid. Right. Some, I mean, and some this... chick who worked at Mass General and, you know, gets fed it in, in, in beautiful circles in Boston. Like, shut up, lady. We can understand. We're, you're, we're human beings with street smarts. Probably more than she has, okay? And for her to pull this crap and Fauci to pull this crap, like, how stupid do you think we are? It's not, it's, they've got her, you know, in media training. Really? Yeah, she's been taking media training amid the messaging. How about somebody start? Then why is the she truth? still so bad? <laughs> well, she the problem the, the training she needs is to you need to stop lying because <laughs> you're not as smart as you think you are when you think that you're f- fooling people. They can all tell. Yeah, but I mean, some people are better at lying than others. Like I would, I think Jen Psaki is better at lying than Rochelle Walensky is. Uh, yeah, well, but but she is, you know, she's trained precisely to do that. But but uh, but I mean, I, I I just think that like, why are we learning to be a better liar? Why not just say that now we're hearing now it stopped now they uh, she's now they're actually they've given it up. So I've said okay, we keep losing this thing against COVID when we keep telling the American people that we know what we're doing. We've made parents hate us now for what we've done. And so everything we're doing, stop doing it. And let's go different. And that's what this is now. To say with all these new things like these revelations, you know, all this stuff they would never have. A week ago, you would never have said, yeah, we know that the the thing doesn't stop spread. Because that's something that could seem like. Because we could see it. Because everybody, everybody knows who is vaccinated has now gotten Omicron. So, I mean, we know it doesn't stop the spread anymore. It's clear. Um but yeah, I mean, the problem is like they could use this opportunity of Omicron to declare a victory and, you know, everybody would thank them and go home, except like half their party is just insane, including, by the way, Sonia Sotomayor, who we didn't even get to the Supreme Court yesterday because our show is just so jam packed with stuff. But like this court case about the mandates that, like you were saying, the mandates should be moot now anyway, because it doesn't stop transmission. So what are we doing here then? But right. um, what are we doing? It's got to be. I mean, yeah. so, so, this really seems like the uh, like the very last few sparse battles at the end of a war. There's no reason anymore. You know? Yeah. But I mean, like, are people like Sonia Sotomayor who think hundreds of thousands of children in the country are on ventilators or whatever? Like what? How they 
can't now, if the CDC readjusts, they'll all freak out. Just like they freaked out when the CDC cut the stay home time after you test positive to Mm -hmm. five days instead of 10. And all the liberals went, oh, my God, they're killing us. They're being run by corporate America. They're doing it for the Delta CEO. They're putting the economy ahead of people's lives. This is what capitalism does. It kills people like they just they can't handle it. Like if the if the Biden administration gives up on these mandates, those people will freak out. And unfortunately, the Biden administration is scared of those people. Yeah, I understand. They won't, like, and obviously the teachers' unions are just, like, cynically using it to squeeze every last bit of everything they can get. Although you've got governors keeping schools open, you know. Well, because, I mean, like, anybody who's even putting on a pretense of following any kind of science at this point, you, like, there's no possible excuse why you can close schools because the, the public health impacts of closing the schools is are so much more damaging than anything COVID could possibly do to kids, especially now, especially now all the five to 11 year olds can all get vaccinated if they want to, too. So no more like, well, the kids are unprotected. Like there's literally no excuse. There's no possible reason why you would now close schools, but the teachers unions and a bunch of psychotic parents are still crazy and freak out i mean like a bunch of people are mad at governor baker for saying that he's keeping schools open and not allowing remote options and everything else but that's but these these you know i was just i just talked to some parents from a town who are all for the kids masking who said to me yeah i mean the the kids are definitely fine with the mask they don't seem to bother them it's like it's not just what the Kid doesn't know if he's fine with the mask or not. Is that's the right. problem? Is that the testing showing that you know these crazy measures are not doing stuff? Well, yeah, they don't do anything. That's thing one. And if I see another freaking picture on Twitter of a parent that has an infant in a mask, like showing her how to be a good person already, like I, can't, it's so crazy. It makes me nuts. It's so bad. Our Babies have lost IQ points now over the course of the pandemic because we're covering up their faces, which they need to be able to see people. Like, I, it's mind-boggling to me, and it's so, so, so anti-science. It's ridiculous. There's no public health benefit to putting a cloth mask on a baby. That's ridiculous. There's nothing. It doesn't do anything. It doesn't do anything at all. And I, I don't know, like even what to tell people at this point. But like I say, like the Supreme Court is supposed to be like smart people, and you know, all the liberals on the Supreme Court are all totally out of their minds too. Apparently, like it's it's out of control. And obviously, did you follow the like Gorsuch thing with the Supreme Court stuff too? Um, I don't know. Well, so like the Sotomayor thing was so egregious that. You know, a bunch of people like actually fact checked it, like not just Brett mm-hmm. Baer, but like the Washington Post gave her Pinocchios for that and all kinds of things. And um, and so a bunch of people were like, but what about Neil Gorsuch? Neil Gorsuch said that hundreds of thousands of people die from the flu every year. And so, like, why don't why do we do covid if we don't do the flu? And hundreds of thousands of people don't die of the flu every year. It's more like tens of thousands. Right. Like, so. They were like, he was wrong, too. Why didn't you fact check him? And the transcript does say that he said hundreds of thousands of people die from the flu every year. Mm-hmm. But if you listen to the audio, I would like you to play the audio that I just sent oh, you see? of Neil Gorsuch and tell me if he says hundreds of thousands of people die of the flu every year. Flu kills, I believe, hundreds of thousands of people every year. Flu kills... I believe hundreds of thousands of people every year. Didn't he say, doesn't he say? Hundreds of thousands? Is that? Didn't he? I think he says hundreds, comma, thousands of people every year. Flu kills, I believe hundreds of thousands of people every year. Sounds like hundreds of thousands of people. It sounds like of, you hear an of? Thousands of people every year. Flu kills, I believe hundreds of thousands of people every year. I care a little bit. Flu kills. I believe hundreds, thousands of people every year. Okay, like, I mean, how he—that's how he'd say. It. I heard that live actually, and I thought that he said hundreds of thousands. And I was like, yeah, it sounds a little bit steep. But, well, globally, it does kill hundreds of thousands, but it, in the U.S., it kills tens of thousands. But I, even so, the point is that 
You, you might be right. And, seem, people seem to think you're right. Um, <clears throat> you know, Glenn Kessler at the Washington Post feels that it was a transcription error and he mm. didn't say hundreds of thousands. So it's not, you know, me saying it, but there's now this great debate on the Internet. Even if he did say hundreds of thousands, like that's not as egregious as Sonia Zotomayor, who's screwing up the facts on the thing at hand, whereas he's just giving a hypothetical example of... You know, where's the dividing line? Because the the reason why he said hundreds comma thousands, in my view, is because the point that he was making is where's, you know, the cutoff right. for what we do this for? Do we right. do it for hundreds? Do we do it for thousands? Like, when do we stop, you know, mandating vaccines for people? What's the limiting principle here for for when OSHA gets to tell people to take a shot? Right. And I also think that... Um like most of the most of the spread is in the home anyway. I mean, what are we doing here? It's just so it, it doesn't matter. It, it doesn't. Well, no, I mean, I think people are getting Omicron somewhere, but who? But knows? I can tell like, you one thing that that uh, she's a stupid person. That is very surprising. I that she's that maybe it's not surprising. I mean, that thing that she said about the wise Latina over an old white guy. Anytime it's like, all right, so she's certainly a bigot, but me. But, but the the fact well, that this is how craven that the Supreme Court is that, that uh, a ding dong like her. Is the, the, the highbrow thinking going on? Great. Well, and not just her, too, because she's obviously incredibly dumb and misinformed and has apparently just been, like, watching Joy Reid for mm-hmm. her information on COVID or something. But she also has clerks who, that's their job, is to, like, look stuff up for her and provide her with the facts of the matter to tell her what's going on in the world and like those are also supposed to be smart people who are the best and brightest who went to the greatest law schools and whatever else and that's wild that like and Breyer too was totally misinformed on all kinds of stuff he's also out of his mind like there I mean I know it's scary that people who are on the Supreme Court are that like out of it yes it's. I mean, it's shocking, and I mean, I guess this is why it's good that we haven't traditionally like had cameras in there because we probably. Yeah, I don't want to know how stupid they are. <laughs> I don't. It is true. I. I mean, and like a bunch of people were even kind of complaining that like Glenn Kessler fact checked her and is like, "Why are we fact checking the justices in oral arguments? Like, she's not a politician making a public statement. She's. They're like in the middle of this back and forth about the case. Like, it's not really." You know, she's not, like, putting out a press statement. So why are you fact-checking her? But the thing is, like, it's good to fact-check her because a bunch of people were arguing online about whether or not it was true. But, but first, like... Well, first of all, why are we even calling it fact-checking? It's just simply reporting. Right. During reporting, you would by default be doing fact-checking every since, ever since. Yeah, you're not Why does CNN think it's a special thing? <laughs> Take everything We're going to special cloth. limited, right. Yeah, yeah, we're going to fact-check Anthony Fletcher. Well, for Christ's sakes, we're all hoping you've been fact-checking the whole time. <laughs> what, do you just believe stuff people say? We're going to have to fact-check. Some people. <laughs> yeah, it's everybody. ridiculous. It's, that's so crazy. It's so such a crazy thing, which is why when Jake Tapper says we're not going to have Trump people on because they're going to lie, it's like, okay... Just uh, just the Trump people are going to lie. You're not going to fact check, uh, you know, Ron Klain or uh, or the the Blinken or any of these other the guy with the Darth Vader mask uh, who still got COVID. Uh, yeah, yeah. But I'm interested to see what the Supreme Court does. That Ron Klain tweet, by the way, came back up in the Supreme Court. Roberts asked about it. Yeah. Um, about Ron Klain retweeting somebody saying that the OSHA mandate was a workaround because yeah. Congress wouldn't pass a law, which isn't how you're supposed to use OSHA. You're not supposed to say, well, we wanted Congress to pass a law, but we just decided to go around them. It's also something to to get to be bragging about something. Yeah, we cleverly found a workaround. It's like when you know because you have to get the tri- the Twitter love, like Ron Klein. Yeah. That guy is he is it's a blessing for us that he's out there because he so cares about Twitter. And cares about Twitter thinks, mm-hmm. and he tweets stuff and retweets stuff. He's just looking at Twitter all day. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But it's good for us because just for transparency to see what's mm-hmm. going through his feeble mind. But it ain't great that he's the heavy in that uh, building. Yeah, it's uh, concerning in a lot of ways. I mean, like, it, 
you just wonder a lot of times, like, who's running the show and making the decisions at the White House right now? Like, is it Jen Psaki? Like, who's in charge? Because Ron yeah. Klein's a moron. Mm-hmm. Kamala's a moron. <laughs> like, I, I don't Blinken's know. a moron. <laughs> Blinken's a moron. Lloyd Austin and General Milley are morons. Like, who's in charge? Like, who's doing stuff? Rochelle Alensky's a moron. Like, who's... Pete's dis- not nowhere to be found. <laughs> He's on paternity He's leave. He's on still. paternity leave while there's an infrastructure <laughs> crisis in the country. That That is the, like, the... Um, the business culture, the office culture of this White House. Absolutely, it's perfectly fitting. Go ahead. Chaston's probably exhausted. Also, we're just not going to tell anyone when you're on paternity leave. <laughs> we just won't say anything. We're not going to, like, tell people you're going on paternity leave and tell them who the replacement is to go to with questions now because there's somebody in the role. We're just going to let you go on paternity leave. And like. And when somebody asks about it, we're going to slam Republicans for being against family leave and the family. <laughs> okay but like who's deciding this stuff who's making these decisions well, i mean i mean what do you all the entire when Ducey went after saki today her entire answer was what a great job that they've done that's what that's what it was and it was a like three parts of the black back and forth but it's oh yeah no we were really great. I was home all last week isolating. Welcome with back. Thank you. I was isolating with COVID after a positive test, like a lot of people watching, and uh, a lot of time in front of the TV. I heard the president say. Did you watch Fox the whole time or other things? I have exhausted the full catalog of Guy Fieri content. Oh. My first strike against Peter Dardusi is that he says Fieri. It's Guy Fieri. Okay. It always used to be. Everybody calm down. And also, I don't want you watching that, Ducey. Watch something else. Hey. Uh, and obviously a lot of fucks. But I, I heard the president say, Google COVID test near me. So somebody isolating with COVID, I did that. And the appointments everywhere were completely jammed. So why is it that you guys were so unprepared for the need for testing after the holidays? Well, Peter, I'm happy to see you back and well. Um, I would second say that there has been a massive surge in cases, as you know, and we're a part of in D.C. and New York. And there's been an unprecedented, and other parts of the country as well, there's been an unprecedented demand for tests. So what we have done over the course of the last few weeks, even before that, is the president quadrupled our testing capacity since the summer. We opened 20,000 sites across the country, and we have also opened additional federal sites, including one in D.C. only recently. He's also provided, uh, we've also in the process of sending 50 million tests out to community health centers and rural health centers. And now we've just, we're in the process of finalizing contracts for 500 million tests. But, well, what, can I make one more point? And then you can go next. Uh, I would just note where we have come from. If you look to a year ago, there were no tests, or maybe one, depending on the timeline, that was available on the market. Now we have nine. If you look to about a year ago, there was about 900,000 or maybe slightly higher tests that were being issued the problem uh, every is, day. Now we're about 10 or 11 million. 300 million tests yeah. are done in this country Not every everything. month. So there's enormous progress being made, but we needed to make sure the market was growing. That's what we've been working on and increase our access to supply. And that's what we've been doing. Not think- everything is a historic airlift. Yeah, no, it's incredible because... We can all see, Jen, no matter what you tell us was happening last year, nobody was waiting outside with COVID for seven hours just to get a test last year. Right. That didn't happen. And we were all here. We all know that that didn't happen last year. So no matter how you try and spin it, it's like the empty grocery store shelves. You can tell us we saved 16 cents on our barbecue, but like we actually have the receipt from the store. So it doesn't work. The lie doesn't work anymore. Like, I don't understand what how they think they can like trick people on this. It's also stupid because... You know what I think happened is they just were leaning so hard into vaccines and they were hoping that would pan out, Mm -hmm. but they didn't want to do anything else. And like they could have, instead of slamming Ron DeSantis all summer, looked at what was going on in Florida, seen that Florida had a relatively high vaccination rate, better than the national average, and was still getting slammed with COVID. And they could have looked around, realized COVID's seasonal, which Everybody knows now. We talked about it last year. Like, we 
they could have looked around and seen that and said, hmm, there's a lot of states up north that are similarly vaccinated to Florida. And Florida's having their surge now. Last year, the north then had a surge afterwards. It's like deja vu, and they can't see that they're doing the same thing again. Remember, like, last year in October or whatever, we had Seth Moulton saying, oh, the southern states are getting what was coming to them. They're not doing... Blah, blah, blah. That was 2020. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, 2020... Just two fall, years ago. Well, a year and a few months ago, because I think it was the f- or mm. like early fall, end of summer, early fall. They're getting what's coming to them in the South because they're having their surge now. And we do the right things up here. That's why we don't have COVID up here. And then the winter surge came up here because COVID is seasonal. <laughs> people go inside for the winter in the North. Then they and then get more all people COVID. died than ever. Right. And then more people died than ever <clears throat> up here. And there was no getting what was coming to them. Now we're doing this. We did the same thing now in 2021. They yelled at Ron DeSantis all summer long and blamed him for people getting COVID in his state and patted themselves on the back for what a great job they were doing. And people were saying, including us, these cases will come north. There will be cases in the north in the wintertime because there were last year. And if it happened in Florida, that's pretty vaccinated. It can happen here. And they didn't prepare for that eventuality, even though it was clearly foreseeable the entire time. Yeah, no, their, their strategy was simply that's it, vaccine, 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 vaccine. Any other messaging would dilute the vaccine messaging. Right. So that's why... I mean, that's what the people that told Biden to stock up on tests and develop a testing strategy back in October, the scientists that went to him, the public health experts that went to him and said, you need to get more tests to people. And they said that they felt that they were rebuffed because Biden thought that if they did testing, it would let people not take vaccines right <laughs> i mean like that's what they said they felt Here's why they were blown off follow up the test you're talking about though require people to go somewhere and either make an appointment or wait in line the cdc's guidance is if you think you have covid you're supposed to stay home you guys said you were going to mail free tests to people that need them the president's there on television talking about a winter of severe illness and death while he's saying that publicly, why weren't you guys doing more to prepare for the winter? Well, Peter, everyone decides where they're going to go get a test. And uh, we, we make a range of options available. You can also purchase tests online. Later today, we'll have more details on how 150 million Americans who have health insurance can get reimbursed for tests. So we'll have more details on that later. The 500 million tests I noted, and I give you a little bit of an update on the timeline. We'll have more on the website later this week. So our, our steps and our process from the beginning has been expanding access to free tests to make it easy and more accessible for Americans. And we're going to continue to build on what we've done today. Uh, and here's the last follow. But the president talked about a winter of severe illness and death. At the rate you guys are going, these tests are not going to be available until spring. So will you admit that these free tests you guys promised are not going to be ready until after the Omicron surge? I think I gave an update earlier that we'll have to start to have tests out the door in the coming weeks very soon. Okay. And again, that's not the only place people can get tests. Uh, there are a range of ways people can get tests online. Again, you'll know more about how you can be reimbursed for those tests from here. Go to different sites. There are federal sites opening up all around the country. You can only get reimbursed <laughs> if you can actually buy the test. Right. Jen. <laughs> like, right. That's great that we can get reimbursed. But... And, and we understand that you guys plan to rely on the Postal Service to send out these free tests whenever they're ready. But the Postal Service says they're going to have a staffing shortage because of your vaccine mandate. So would you pull back on the vaccine mandate if it meant getting people these free tests sooner? The Postal Service also delivered 98, 99% of packages on time in advance of Christmas. And they also, their leaders have also said they're eager to take on this challenge. So we welcome that. And we're looking forward to that's, working that's, with them to get these tests out to the public. That wasn't really the question. That's not the question. The question is, there's going to be a shortage. They're telling you that, that there's going to be a shortage. What can you do? And we understand that you guys plan to rely on the Hold on. I understand that the science says that vaccines prevent death, but I'm triple vaxxed, still got COVID. You're triple vaxxed, still got COVID. Why is the president still referring to this as a pandemic of the unvaccinated? 
Well, I, I think, Peter, there's a significant difference between, and you just <laughs> you just experienced this, and not to expose your public health experience, but I can speak to mo mine as well. I had been triple vaxxed. I had minor symptoms. There is a huge difference between that and being unvaccinated. You are 17 times more likely to go to the hospital if you're not vaccinated, 20 times more likely to die. And those are significant, serious statistics. So yes, the impact uh, for people who are unvaccinated is far more dire than those who are vaccinated. So Jen Psaki's not 20 more times more likely to die. Um, and Peter Ducey's not. No, because they, they were pretty unlikely to die to start with. Exactly. Right. And and I was just looking at more stats on this today. It's like more and more clear that, that yeah, there's a benefit in the severity of the illness for two vaccines for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. Really, you almost can't see the benefit of the booster at all for anybody who's like under 70. Mm. It's I mean, like you, there's just almost like no statistical significant difference it's impossible to to find i mean it's true you're more likely to end up in the hospital if you're not vaccinated at all if you're totally right. immune naive but that's <clears throat> that's not the case everybody now basically has either had covid or gotten vaccinated like there's not a lot of other people left Right. Like we're like running out of people who are immune night. And and there was just a study that came out that said that like common cold T cells also have some cross immunity to COVID. So like in general, general going out there and uh, getting normal minor illnesses that stimulate your immune system is good, which is why locking ourselves all in the house for a year probably wasn't great for all of our immune systems. Right. Will the president update his language at some time to be more reflective of the fact that people who are triple vaccinated are catching and spreading COVID? I think the president has said, as have we a number of times, that there will be breakthrough cases. There will be people who get COVID uh, here uh, at different media organizations, at companies around the world, uh, around the country uh, who have been vaccinated. But there is a significant difference between being hospitalized or dying and uh, being vaccinated with more mild symptoms. Well, sure. But then how does that justify a vaccine mandate, Jen? Exactly. Uh, hang on. Here's the last one. And then last one. You guys have been very aggressive countering COVID misinformation. So what do you guys think about COVID misinformation coming from the Supreme Court and Sonia Sotomayor's false claim that over 100,000 children are in serious condition, many on ventilators? Well, I'm not going to speak to Supreme Court arguments or statements uh, made in those arguments. Uh, okay. But I will tell you that what is at stake here is our effort to protect health workers. Well, well wouldn't you then at least correct that misinformation being out in the public then? You don't have to talk about her, but you can say, in fact, there are just a few thousand kids hospitalized in ICUs. But no, she's leaving that out there because that helps them. They like that messaging. But I will tell you that what is at stake here is our effort to protect health workers and most importantly, protect patients with the CMS rule and also to make workplaces safer with the OSHA rule, which we have confidence in our legal uh, argument for. So I will leave it to them uh, to decide. But that's what's being argued now. Yeah, you know, the... If you ever want to and praise Jen Psaki about something, it's that she gave the guy 11 questions. <laughs> you know, he, he just, it's funny because he's the only one who has topical questions <laughs> for her. But he certainly uh, went on and on. No, he's great. He's, uh, he does his job. That's for sure. You can't fault him for that. All right. Do you have anything else to add to the program? Um, I feel like I did. Oh, you didn't get to the, um, did you actually play the guy other than in the um, open oh, yeah, the the, guy, um, the, to rehire healthcare workers? We did kind of talk about that, though, so I'm not really concerned yeah, that's about Dr. that. Yeah, it's Dr. Bogotch, who just says to get those people back in, the people who the Biden administration has sniped, picked off. Mm -hmm. uh, he wants to get them back in so they're, they're staffing hospitals. I think we have to treat a crisis like a crisis, right? It's very clear that hospitals and healthcare is understaffed right now. You have trained professionals who know how who could be reintegrated into the workforce i would get them back to work i would absolutely uh rehire and get people back on the job i think it would help and of course you i would 
you know, ensure that they have a negative rapid test before they walk in the front door to ensure that, or at least lower the risk that people aren't infected or transmissible. But I would get them back to work. Yeah, get people back to work. I mean, obviously, if you have a staffing crisis in healthcare, then it would stand to reason that you would want to bring people back, many of whom have had COVID but are not vaccinated. Like, it just makes mm-hmm. no sense to do it at this point. But they're They've lost their minds. The LA Times ran a column today. Did you see this? Uh, I'm not sure. They ran a column that they've noticed that everyone calls them out because they make fun of people who die from COVID if they didn't have the right political views on COVID. They ran a column entitled, Mocking Anti-Vaxxers' Deaths is Ghoulish, Yes, But Necessary. And making the case that, in fact, it's good for a society and that we should make fun of people who die if they didn't agree with us, because then maybe more people will agree with us. So That's great. That is great. You didn't you so don't have this co- the column there, do you? Um, I'm paywalled out because I don't want to pay the LA okay, Times. It's all right. But it's all right. But I, do, I, I'm, I just wanted to, I would like to be interested. In, maybe we can go through it tomorrow to see if it's if it's. Did we play the serial hate answer? Yes, I do. I figured out a way to get into it. Um, But uh, it says, among all the ways COVID-19 affects our lives, the pandemic confronts us with a profound moral dilemma. How should we react to the deaths of the unvaccinated? Wow. (laughs) Wow. Can you paste that into an email and send it Mm -hmm. to me? Have you ever, by the way, had a moral dilemma about how you should react when somebody dies? I knew I was going to celebrate. I just didn't know to what end exactly, to what size celebration. How should I react? Can you imagine right? how inhumane these people are? It's such a moral dilemma. Like, no, there's only one moral side of the question. You can be tempted to be a bad person and make fun of the person who died. It happens to the best of us sometimes. But there's no, like, moral dilemma when a member of our society dies, how you're supposed to read, what the moral choice is. It's not, like, some. there's no, like, trolley problem here. It's not, like... Uh, so they said, on the one hand, a hallmark of civilized thought is the sense that every life is precious. On the other... Those who have deliberately flouted sober medical advice by refusing a vaccine known to reduce the risk of serious disease from the virus, including the risk to others, and end up in the hospital or in the grave, can be viewed as receiving their just desserts. Oh, my God. (laughs) That's great. What monsters. What monsters. Yeah. That is great. Just desserts. And then they tell us that's even more true of those who not only refuse the vaccine for themselves, but publicly advocated that others do so. Witness the subreddit, the Herman Cain reward. Uh, and so there's a whole subreddit where they have the Herman Cain award and they make fun of people who die of COVID. They award right. well, the Herman Cain award Well, that one especially because people, people are assuming that he got it at a Trump rally, which mm-hmm. is just too delicious for them. Uh, yeah, the inside is named for the former Republican candidate who became one of the first political notables to succumb to the disease after publicly defying social distancing measures. Had it coming. That's right. That black life didn't matter. No. <laughs> Another site, sorryantivaxer.com, the subreddit hosts snippets and photographs of anti-vaccine advocates often taken at their deathbeds. Wow. What a fun way to spend some time perusing through the di- deathbed pictures. So you can laugh at them. Uh, They do say that people who lacked access, who legitimately faced obstacles to getting to a vaccination site. uh, That's not funny? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Those those are truly lamentable, they say. Those ones are lamentable. It's in bad taste to laugh at those. Um, But Earnby, that woman who died in California, she made clear her opposition extended to COVID vaccines. In August, she posted a statement on her Facebook page supporting the Huntington Beach firefighters who were opposed to a vaccine mandate. The vaccine is not the cure to COVID and mandates won't work, she wrote. Oh, she's got it coming, right? That's good. She died? Yeah. It's uh so, yes she did die. Well remember the that's Republican what's on at Cape Cod, hands. Alice. Remember the Republican mm-hmm. woman at Cape Cod? Yeah, that was the one that was that was good and funny that she yep. did. Um, contrary to Earnby's assertions, however, mandates do work. Requirements that people provide evidence of vaccination before attending public events or entering restaurants and bars have been associated with heightened vaccine rates abroad. Wait, but that only tells us that they work for making people get vaccinated, not that they work for stopping COVID. Right. The 
the measure of whether or not the vaccine mandate worked can't be more people got the vaccine because obviously they do that. They're effective at getting people to get the vaccine. But New York City has like the highest rate of COVID of the surrounding area and they have a mandate and those surrounding areas don't. So so that's but that's not funny if the people are dead. Um, it? it depends. Were they underprivileged? I don't understand how. So why was it OK um, that um, uh, that that it was very funny and good that Anthony Scalia died, too? That was also good ghoulish. Mm-hmm. And uh, Margaret Thatcher. That oh, was yeah, that good. Was good ghoulish. Um, Those two died. Um, okay. Yeah. Ernby reportedly died at home, but others of her ilk took up hospital beds that took may up. accordingly have been denied to others in great t- need of treatment for non-COVID Some conditions. Some better people. That's right. Took up hospital beds. Oh, my goodness. Wow. What a bunch of sick bastards. But hey, you know what? If that's what they want. By the way, Alice uh, K. Shattuck, mm-hmm. I've gotten a lot of really strong reviews about yesterday's show. Hmm. Which was when Tom and Alice hit rock bottom, of course. Right? I wasn't at rock bottom. Oh, you weren't? Were you no. sober yesterday? Yes. Oh. Oh. Oh, I was out there out there alone? You drank all day without me while I cleaned the house. Oh, yes. I see. I see. Just like that woman on who the, that that who's that the doctor on Facebook whatever yeah. whose, whose wife is shoveling. Mm-hmm. I mean, I assume this is just a Jesse Kelly joke thing, right? What the doctor who his wife was outside shoveling after her ten hour shift wasn't it just a joke? Oh no, it's not. Oh, oh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But yes, that was my birthday weekend yesterday. While well, I was hit hit rock, rock bottom yesterday. Mm-hmm. But people like that show. So do we have a, an inebriated show a week? I don't know. I mean, Maybe do we, we do should f- consider doing some like drunk Patreon live streams or something. I don't know. Not a bad idea. Not a bad idea. I thought I'd be more in trouble for working blue. But you're not- in trouble with me for working blue. Well, I mean, you, you too blue. That was too blue. Yeah, yeah. No, no. That, that, was- that wasn't me. That was the old drunken Tom. Oh. You know, we're in recovery now. That was the old all of that stuff. You know what? I think I have to. You're all of that stuff. Um, is the old the old us from back when we were rabble rousers, mm. you know? But I'm surprised I didn't hear about it. I'm surprised I didn't mm-hmm. get yelled at about it. Have you heard anything? People went right by the working blue part and right to like the rant and the politics. Well, I don't know. On our Twitter, our Twitter friend Toast made a poll. Let me check. Mm-hmm. I haven't checked the results recently about whether or not the Tom being drunk on the burn barrel was mm-hmm. a, a positive. And it's not, I mean, it's not 100%. There are two options, hell yes or too much. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and, and it's 70% hell yes and 30% well, you were too much. So, well, I mean, like, and it, it it's not... I'm sorry. It, total... looks like, uh, it looks like the listeners prefer Mr. Hyde. Prefer, prefer, but not. It's not unanimous by any means. They want drunk, working blue, Alice. Not but I can't. Blue. I can't. I, I. I mean, I don't know how much, how many classless things that involve my wife I can say before we get. Bear in mind that your kids returns. try and listen to the podcast. That's right. And I and prefer I, not to have to block it from their devices. That's right. A little right. Extreme. And I was more in fear about your sister. Uh, and my mom and listens. your mom. <laughs> I mean, like... So why do you let me get away with such behavior? This is your fault, it's Alice. Not Water my finds fault. its own level. I'm going to be as craven as I'm going to be until somebody corrects me. I'm not a civilized... I'm an animal, <laughs> Alice. Well, I'm letting you know that I think right. that was extreme. And just bear these things in mind. Try and have it in your head that it's not All just right. the two of us alone in this room that other people do listen to this. So you should do, like just keep that in the back of your head. In any case, if you have negative reviews of Tom being drunk, uh, you can share them with us on Twitter. That is at Burn Barrel Pod. There's also the poll there. You can go vote in that if you want to. Um, we are also at Facebook.com slash Burn Barrel Podcast. We're at Burn Barrel Podcast.com. We have an email address you can email to. Um, that is Burn Barrel Podcast at gmail.com. And I did post last night's show on Rumble, so you can find our Rumble channel. 
know, don't hate anyone. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com <laughs>